This is the Humerian Health Podcast. Spilling our guts for the well-being of yours. Here we are at the Humerian Health Podcast, Dr. Sean Benzinger, myself, Amy Baker, and we're joined today by Arden Moore, who is the pet health and safety coach. We are so excited to have some more pet people with us. So welcome, Arden. Welcome, Arden. Nice to have you with us. Hey. Pause up, Dr. Sean and Amy. Good to have you guests on your show. Pause up. I love it. Hey, before we even got started, you were talking about wrangling cats, and now I've got the <laughs> I got the country western feel oh, to this no. whole thing already. Well, and she well, said I'm Texas. I'm in Dallas right now. Yeah, are you really? I'm, I was going to say. I'm a Texan, I guess, from she, California. Oh, ah, yee-haw. Yeehaw. Yeehaw. Oh, this is going to be a fun It is going to be. I know. I'm already hot. Like, I'm, I'm like, oh, let's go. This okay. will be fun. Okay. So, so, yeah. So, just kind of give us a little... 101, you call yourself the pet health and safety coach. So what exactly does that mean? And how did you get to pet health and safety coachness? <laughs> I ate my cereal. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I, uh, my goal is to go around the country and, and through my books and my podcast uh, to give people a way to bring out the best in their pets, and I call it, and their people. <laughs> and I do that. I'm a master in pet first aid. I'm a, a cat and dog behavior consultant, um, and I have the privilege of hanging out and working closely with some of the top uh, veterinarians and animal behaviorists in the country. So uh, we teach pet first aid with a real dog and a real cat, and we just got back from uh, the Texas Pet Sitters Conference in uh, San Antonio where I was the keynote to help pet sitters. We did a two-hour cat wrangling 101 workshop <laughs> with pet safety cat Casey, who is an orange tabby, and uh, he wore he did wear a cowboy hat. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, looking cool. good. We call him kind of like the feline George Clooney because he's quite charming with the ladies. Nice. I believe it. I'm gonna gonna try to collect that cat whenever I, I see him. I love it. I want to see a picture. I want to see a picture of a cat in a cowboy hat. Come on, like that's <laughs> that, you don't get right, it. I'll, I'll send you guys a picture. But I was, uh, you know, he's he's a. I call him shelter alums instead of shelter rescues. He hails Aww. from the San Diego oh. uh, Humane Society, and then I have a dog, a terrier mix named Kona. We nicknamed her Ice Cream Kona. <laughs> she's very nice, nice Kona. And nice. Uh, she is from another uh, shelter in uh, the San Diego area, hmm. uh, Rancho Coastal. And I'm blessed because she's now a therapy dog. Casey's getting his therapy cat status. And it just we really want to give people practical information on what to do and what not to do in a pet emergency when minutes count. And as goofy as I am, I'm very passionate about behavior and pet sure. first aid. And I have to tell you, we are that bridge. If you learn pet first aid, you're the bridge between the uh-oh and the veterinarian. So your goal is to stabilize that pet and get them to the vet. That's our yeah. that's our mission. Okay. That is that is really brilliant. And it's a, it's certainly an area that I I just I can't think of ever talking to anyone in that role yeah. that wasn't a vet or a vet tech. Well, having had dogs that have had the uh-ohs and yeah. being the people yeah, person, yeah. the person yeah. that's involved in like, uh, what, what do we do now? That's right. Yeah. It's people great to know that you're out there training. Panic, you know, and yeah. we're very, we're very fortunate because we customize our program. It's pet first aid for you. And we actually do go to veterinary clinics. We teach veterinary techs. We teach canine police officers. We teach pet sitters and groomers and boarding staff. And we work closely with a, an advisory board of veterinarians 
that have like Vanna White initials after their name because <laughs> they're still probably paying off their college loans and all their board <laughs> certified in ER and That's medicine, so internal medicine, and nice. you know what I mean. But yep. I, as much as I joke about it, I'm very serious, and I. I'm an ex-newspaper reporter, and um, I believe in the philosophy, if your mother tells you she loves you, check it out. <laughs> That's what I did with our program. So how does one go from newspaper reporter yeah, to pet of, health hmm. safety coach? Well, have you looked around? There's not a lot of newspapers <laughs> these days. Um, well, true. Uh, I, was, I, was, I was fortunate to be able to be a, a, an investigative reporter back when there were real news and, and newspapers that were read. Uh, but then I went to Good Prevention point. Magazine, and I got into the human health area, oh, and uh, okay. we then combined it. We started a pet magazine at Rodale Press, and uh, from there it took off. So I've been um, working with uh, human health and pet health uh, since 99, and I've written two dozen dog and cat books and another six books with doctors. Okay, and and just so I say it right away, is uh, we're, we're going to want to try to have you back at some point featuring some of your books and that content on our on our program at some point, just because that's that's exactly what we and is Rodell the ones that um, pretty much publishes all your books? Uh, no, I I work with a handful of publishers, and ah, okay. my next two books I'm really excited about because I go and teach kids uh, huh. about pets and uh, pet first aid at critter camps, like at the SPCA of Texas. We actually created a game with Casey and Kona. We call it Feline Canine Factor Fiction with your game show host Casey and Kona, and they come <laughs> out and, the, and, and the kids. We we teach them in a fun way about why dogs and cats do what they do, and little safety tips. So one of my publishers uh, reached out to me, and we're my next two books are going to be a, a kid book on cats and a kid book on dogs, and they're going to cartoonize, if that's such a word, <laughs> Casey and Kona yeah. throughout the book, and we'll have activities in there. But we're gonna. I'm very jazzed about it. It's my first. Uh, pair of uh, kid books and it's going to reach ages six exciting. to twelve Great. very very exciting cool. so how do you, how does one get a master certificate in a pet first um aid and, and, and cpr i i know the human side of it i don't yeah. know how you and, give and cpr it is to a cat different. Or dog. well you have to go through training i went through a, a training program with an organization an international organization that teaches uh, pet first aid and you became an instructor first, and then you have to do so many training hours and all that to be able to get the master status. And from there, I launched my own pet first aid program and um, because I, I just wanted to get more practical information. And I'm fortunate that we have Dr. Marty Becker, who's America's family vet on board, and I have a very great ER uh, veterinarian, Dr. Michael Saxo, who um, is my go-to guy, and every couple of months I give up a Saturday night and I shadow him at his ER clinic to get more uh, hands-on experience. So this all led to, uh, there's a company called Pro Trainings, which teaches globally human uh, CPR and first aid, and they just uh, uh, hired me, and I'm going to be creating the entire um, correct curriculum for um, pet CPR and first aid, and so people are going to be able to learn it online, in person, or through Zoom, you know, telecasting, live stream. So it's wow. kind of a big mountain I've, I've, I'm facing, but I'm excited about it. Wow. Cool. We can get more people to know pet first aid. We're going to have healthier, happier, longer-living pets. Mm -hmm. You know, I know this wasn't one of your questions, but where's your why, why do you lack motivation for what you do? 
I'm kidding. <laughs> oh my God, you're you're doing so much stuff. I'm thinking, how many people is this? <laughs> I mean, that's well, amazing. Well, my last name is Moore. Come on. <laughs> but nice. it's great but to hear somebody Dr. stretching. Bond, think about it. You know, aren't you jazzed when you get to do what you oh, really yeah. want to do? Oh, yeah. I mean, yep. you, you know what I'm yeah. talking about. 100%. And, I'm in the same boat in the type of practice that I administrate four days a week, going down to three eventually. <laughs> sure, um, so you yeah, say. I keep talking about it, but mm-hmm. um, but uh, honestly, it is it's a true joy. And and I'm telling you, what what this is what I see in listening to you. I'm seeing you seeing the gap of what you've seen in human healthcare, and you're looking at the pet side and saying, you know what we're missing is this, this. And I loved you saying more practical application. What it means to me is the way that it was trained before uh, was the specifics, but many times the how to do it easily and how to do it more functionally possibly wasn't there. I'm betting you filled those things in if I'm hearing, you, hearing what you're saying right. Yeah, you got it. Um, in fact, I hate—I have to apologize in advance, but I am a bit of a punster, and uh, <laughs> I write for uh, Dogster and Caster, which are the two leading uh, pet publications. It used to be called Dog Fancy and Cat Fancy. Mm-hmm. So I pitched an idea to my editor. I said, "I'm teaching this element in my pet first aid class. I call how to be a mutt giver." And, uh, you know, all right, I told you, I warned you. Um, That's great. I love it. And, I mean, in other words, what do you do in a pet emergency when you don't have a veterinarian nearby and you don't have a pet first aid kit available? So um, I just, uh, I created this concept with some of my veterinarian peers, and and I have, you know, every time I teach a class, I'm always looking for new um, examples of being a MacGyver. But one of the easiest ones is everybody in America who has a dog has these poop bags in their pockets and they usually wash them. I'm talking about spare, not used. <laughs> and uh, that little poop bag can be made into a uh, water bowl. It could be made into a makeshift muzzle. Uh, it could be made into a little tie and you could take a spare white sock if the dog has a bloody paw and boom, you got a, you already got it bandaged. Yeah. Uh, I will say one, but somebody in my class said, you can use a bra, too. And I'm like, oh, okay, I don't know what this is going. Um, but, uh, TMI. No. Well-endowed woman uh, on her watch got out. She whipped off her bra and laughed at that dog with her bra. That's awesome. Hey, you know what? <laughs> no, that's a story. That's, like, that's, that's mutt-givering right yeah, there. That that's is. awesome. Well, oh, so talk great. to us a little I'm bit about... I'm glad she didn't do it in class. I'm glad <laughs> she didn't try it on Pepsi. Now, what would the guy use if he was Don't gonna... stop. Anyhow, anyway, well, okay, I we'll was go thinking about that, too. I used to be an ex-sports writer. I just don't think guys wear jack straps anymore. No, <laughs> that's it. But it would work. Certainly would work. not as part of their everyday attire, I hope. Yeah, that's true. So you mentioned a pet first aid kit, and so I'm curious if you have like a recommended here's what you should have if in your house or in your car like talk to us a little bit, a bit more about a pet first aid kit Correct. yeah yeah and fortunately there's a lot of uh, companies out there that are um, having uh, pet first aid kits uh, handy for you um, but this might surprise you I think every pet first aid kit should have a sharpie pen and a little notepad uh, hmm. because you know, let's say you're out in the field or so far away and you reach out to your veterinarian, you're in route or whatever, and they're telling you all these things. You're like, oh, darn, i got to write this down or whatever. You, it's difficult to write on plastic like a bottle or anything or a vial uh, unless you have a Sharpie and it's waterproof. Hmm, uh, Sharpie point. can also be used as a makeshift uh, splint for an injury on a leg. Um, 
And uh, the other thing that may surprise people is you should always have a nice thick towel in your car or uh, also near your pet first aid kit. You can use that towel to, uh, we call it to wrap up a, a feisty feline in a per rio because uh, <laughs> trust me they got five weapons of mass destruction coming at you on a flexible spine and uh, if you had a choice between tangling with a 10 pound cat or a 50 pound dog take the dog mm-hmm. so you you can use the the uh, towel as a as a restraint and for the dogs that are brachiocephalic you know the ones that have really uh pushed in noses we call them short muzzles like mm-hmm. the pugs some kitties and the Boston Terrier, putting on a regular conventional dog muscle on an injured dog is, forget it, because there's no muzzle. So you can actually do uh, a wrap around uh, their neck with a thick towel that will secure the lower jaw from opening, which is what will bite you. (laughs) Excellent. Nice. Excellent. And everything I hear is practical. Yeah. So everybody can do it. Love it. Yeah. Makes sense. So let's talk about, you talked about the five areas of destruction or something. That was very funny. So, I mean, if you have an injured cat or dog, is there a recommended way to kind of handle that? Or does it depend maybe on the type of injury too? So when I think of pet first aid, I mean, I've heard us talk about CPR. I've heard us talk about Mm -hmm. like cut paws. I mean, it's kind of any accident or health situation. Yeah. If a dog or a cat is conscious and injured, um, you uh, first you pray. Oh, <laughs> yeah. The second thing is you never rush up to an animal face to face. That is just putting them in the flee or fight mode. Yeah. You actually, we tell you uh, to take a deep breath and let it out because then you're in the now, or as my cat Casey would say, you're in the me now. Because no. <laughs> you have to be in the present moment when you're dealing with an injured conscious pet. You get permission to freak out later, but they read our emotional emotions. So sure. you're freaking out, they're, they're freaking out. Yep. So you got to fake your calm until you make it, but you never approach a pet from the front. From the back is better calmly. And using different restraint techniques that we teach in our classes, you're able to stabilize that pet and immobilize them so that, you know, you can be able to render care and, and get them en route to the vet. And God loves cell phones because... They have that speaker function. So time is a ticking. So whenever you have a really injured animal, we really recommend you call the nearest veterinarian ahead of time. Right. They love that because they can have the room triaged if it's an emergency and, you know, get the poodle out that's getting a mani-pedi in exam room <laughs> one. And, and they're Very ready wise. for you. Very yeah. wise. That yeah. is the most important thing. I work closely with veterinarians. And they want, we want to be their allies. We want to save this dog or cat. And the best way is communication. Right. Absolutely. Well, you see such a growth of uh, pet hospitals and those types of things in the last 20, 25 years where before it was the vet. You mm-hmm. woke him up at 2 in the morning and stumbled around and finally met you. And that's what you did. I'm more from farmland uh, years ago. And it was kind of that way. Now it's like, it's not, you know, mile, two miles, three miles away. You've got a pet hospital 24 hours a day ready to go. That is a massive change. And that's, that's brilliant in comparison to what we used to have. So big changes. So I guess I'm kind of curious about that too. And I'm get the, the answer is probably, it depends, but um, so, right. Like you have your veterinarian whom you love and who knows your dog. You've probably been in, you know, at least for annual physicals, if not for other situations. And so I was just thinking, well, if I had an injured dog, 
would I, would it be better? So like to Dr. Benzinger's point, like, like we're in Indianapolis, so there's a lot of veterinarians along the way between like my, my home and my veterinarian, mm-hmm. right? And so my inclination mm-hmm. would be in an emergency, assuming they're not like almost dead or whatever, but to like go the extra three miles to take them to the vet who knows them, who's maybe in our case breed specific, you know, because there are some differences among breeds as opposed to like the first hospital you come across. I mean, is there any, I guess, any guidance or any sort of like, yeah, definitely take them to the vet that knows the dog because that's a better choice versus mm-hmm. just walking question. into a vet that is closer in a in the case of an emergency it's really yeah it's i mean it's really a a case-by-case situation obviously if you're having to do cpr chest compressions and rescue breathing on a dog you are going to want to get to the nearest um veterinarian calling them on the speakerphone if it's a cut paw that you are stabilizing on the bleeding but you know they're going to need sutures i would more apt to to uh, monitor that pet's vital signs and get them to the the pet that knows and loves them. Mm-hmm. Personally, I I have uh, a t- uh, two vets. I have one that's uh, you know a veterinary company that's 24 hours, and they don't charge you extra if you come in at midnight. Huh. Um, and then I have my uh, regular like family veterinarian, if you will. So um, they do share the records for my pets, uh, and that's nice. So. And when I travel across the country, I I already have a you know an app that lets me know where the nearest vet is should something happen to Casey or Kona while we're, mm-hmm. we're en route. Yeah, and that's that's pretty amazing to have an emergency facility, because I know medically, as soon as you walk walk in the emergency room and you shake hands, uh, it's ten thousand dollars. <laughs> and to have an emergency uh, vet facility that you shake a paw and it's not ten thousand dollars, that's that's pretty impressive. Yeah, I was very fortunate. I moved here from San Diego and. Uh, I was looking for a good veterinarian, and darn if my cat didn't give me a life-threatening scare. Wow. Um, he's a he's a three-year-old orange tabby, very very healthy, but on a typical thing when this is when pet emergencies happen on a Sunday night. Of course, uh, I heard him in the litter box, and he went, "Oh, that is a sound anybody who has a cat, especially a male neutered cat, does not want to hear." And you look in, um, being a pet detective, I looked in the litter box, and there was um, blood in his urine. And I took him to the hillside veterinarian, and Dr. Mosley um, was able to unclog his urethra. He had a blockage, wow. which. Uh, and and she said if you waited until the morning he would have been dead. Absolutely. Oh, wow. Yep. Kidney, kidney problems I know with um, cats is pretty common. So yeah, that's not a big yeah, surprise. Yeah, and here's but... a perfectly outwardly healthy right. cat. Huh. Mm-hmm. And I just was blessed that I heard him making that scary sound, and yeah. that I knew not to wait in the morning. Yeah. So not only uh, obviously you have very insanely practical advice. And your punny, which is awesome. Um, it's uh, we were talking well, a little I don't bit. Well, I know about my family thinks about that. <laughs> well, and we were I got ta- the same problem, Arden. Same problem. Yeah, I've well, been kicked out a few times. Gotcha. Doctor B's not that punny. He just yeah, thinks that I at he least is, think but, I'm funny. No. <laughs> but you have um, so just for our listeners, you have a podcast of your own. Yeah. Called Obehave. Is that correct? Right. So yeah, talk to us a little yeah, bit about Obehave, that. It's on, uh, yeah. It's on uh, PetLifeRadio.com. It's the number one pet radio network Woo-hoo! on the planet. That's great. That's what my producer, Mark Winter, wants us to say. He's, yeah. We call him the Wizard of Paws. And I've been blessed. We've done this for almost 10 years. Uh, cool. We've had everybody from Jennifer Aniston and Betty White to Cesar Milan. And uh, we've even had the guy from Devo, I forgot his name, um, 
And, uh, you know, uh, nice. we, we asked him if he likes whippets. Whip it good. But oh. Now, I would have thought, wouldn't, wouldn't Betty White have been a great interview? Yeah. Oh, she's great, and uh, she's a little snarky. Uh, she's <laughs> funny, and she has been helping not only pets but wildlife for like 60 years yep, yep, I knew uh, that. with the uh, Morris Animal Foundation and other things. And so I had her on my show, and I introduced her as six-time Emmy Award-winning, and she interrupts and says, oh, no, dear, it's seven now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the uh, best Betty White story is uh, on my birthday a few years ago, I uh, had to cover the um, American Hero Dog Awards, and it was at the Beverly Hilton, darling. Ooh, and uh, I was actually on the red carpet with my little microphone, and it was my birthday, and she was one of the ones I got to have uh, interview on my birthday, and she gave me a birthday hug. Wow. Best birthday I bet you. Nice. I bet you. She's a special lady. I, I love her work, and, and I know as a person, she has really done a lot for uh, yeah. animals. Yeah. yeah. So, yes, she has. So tell us a little bit about just kind of, I guess, to wrap it up, because from our perspective, I mean, it's great to have you on the podcast. You have a lot of great information. You have some books. Hopefully, hopefully we'll get to come back to you at some point and talk to you about your books. Um, and I know you said you do seminars, and you talk to vets, and you're kind of out and about all over the place. But as a sort of average pet owner – here in Indianapolis or in Chicago or whatever, is there, like, how do people get to learn more information about what kind of what you have to share? Yeah, like, are there, are there partnerships that you website? have in, partnerships in place? Do you have, mm. like, national content? Yeah, they can go, yeah. They can go to my website. That's a good launching pad. It's ardenmore.com, and that'll take them to the radio show, to my Pet First Aid page, and I do collaborate with a lot of folks, uh, like I said, Dr. Marty Becker, and uh, I just did a whole series of uh, content for the VCA hospitals. I, I write for the Cornell and Tufts Veterinary Publications. So I'm so glad my mom gave me a weird first name, Arden. So if anybody wants to Google Arden Moore, you'll do more than you really need to want to know. <laughs> nice. And then can just the average Joe get access to your training or the things that you teach? Or is that something yeah, that... Yeah, we, okay. we teach we teach different classes. We teach for the public and we teach for pet professionals. Um, we customize our training. I'm, I'm heading to Lincoln, Nebraska uh, next month which is Pet First Aid Awareness Month, mm-hmm. and there's a group called the Sadie Dog Fund that's sponsoring our, our, our visit, and we're going to do two Pet First Aid classes and one dog and cat uh, behavior workshop that's open to the public. So, um, okay. yeah, we we have a good car, and fortunately, Casey <laughs> the cat doesn't go in the back seat going, are we almost there yet? Are we almost there yet? <laughs> nice. So, oh, she does. Know. Oh, he, he does. He you just, you just can't does. understand it. So if people go to Ardenmore.com, is your schedule out there so that people can see yeah. that you might be might be coming to a town near them? I think they want to see the show. I mean, this is <laughs> I want to meet the cat. Um, I love it. Yeah, they. Um, I don't usually put all my calendar things in. Sometimes I might blog about it, but uh, they oh, okay. can certainly contact me and my, or my business manager, and uh, we can line things up. Betty, awesome. uh, Betty White, your business manager. Betty That's White. Who's they're calling? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. She's finally stepping up, Mm -hmm. working with Arden. That's it. I wish. Yeah, wouldn't that be something? It really is. But, I mean, I I commend you in looking for what wasn't there and creating not only um, 
um, filling the space, but also creating more than what people probably have thought about for their pets. And <clears throat> what's remarkable is you're not sitting back writing books. And I, I, I think podcasters, uh, radio talk show hosts, they're really sacrificing because it is an easy work and you're really on demand all the time. And I hear that you must be a fireball that has like 190% energy that never stops. Or I haven't even had my first cup of coffee. It's frightening. I, I don't think we could interview you after. I'm hoping that she no, writes it. I, no, hope, I hope you write a, a pun book at some point. Oh, yeah, like that's a, good. just a, the book, the pet book of puns. Yeah. <laughs> So when we set when we call you for an appointment, fur. then we could. Uh, oh, fur! I'm trying. I got to work on this. I, I'm just <laughs> oh, trying to fit up. A... I'm trying to fit into the Arden book. It's, oh, this one Dr. Benzinger. He came up with one funny. One yeah. funny. Yeah. <laughs> It, it takes a village, man. It takes a village That's to make well, everybody groan. Well, it does. Groan. It does. And leaders. If, they, if and they're you're... learning while they're groaning, we're, we're succeeding. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, yeah. and it takes leaders, and that's what you are, yeah. and uh, we commend you on that. Yeah. And... Well, in the light of Pet First Aid Month, like you said, that's coming up, we're mm-hmm. super excited to be able to put this out for our listeners and give them some additional resources um, you know, to, to use and to keep their pets happy and, and, and healthy. And tie them to the Arden train. And to the Arden. No, you don't want to tie any animal to a train. That's well, not probably. No. They, they walk with us. That's right. 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 They want to be in the train, what in the first it? class we'll dining car. Yeah. The herd, the Arden herd. Okay. The herd, the, the herd? Arden herd. Okay, we could call it herd. All right, we should stop before okay. you hurt well, yourself. Wait a minute. I, I just, oh. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm just warming up. I just had my tea. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, my um, gosh. Books. I'm just curious as to some of your. I, you've got two books coming out that are very exciting. We pray that you'll send them to us, and that we can review those and get you back on and get those posted out uh, because uh, you're writing the books that people need to see and hear, uh, and I and I love it. Okay. But any of the past books that you have written that are uh, really stick out in your mind, like because most authors, when I did my interviewing over 21 years, five days a week. I ended up finding something interesting is they write 5, 10, 15 books, and they'll say, yeah, I don't know if I wanted to write that one. But, boy, this one was it. Was there like two or three books that really stood out that you got titles of that you can give us? Well, my the latest books I'm really proud of, uh, they're, they're called Fit Cat and Fit Dog, and they're really uh, books that meet the uh, needs and wants of the 21st century dogs. The subtitles are Tips and Tricks to Give Your Pet a Longer, Healthier, Happier Life. And uh, so we're going covering every day from uh, the grain muzzle, the senior pets, to pet first aid. We, the publisher, actually we took big photos of a cat and a dog's head and their torso, and we mapped out things that are healthy and what are some vitals to look for that are kind of concerns doing a wellness assessment from, you know, nose to tail. Uh, I really like those. Um, and then I wrote a book called What Dogs Want, I have a degree in communications from Purdue, but Purdue, communication- all right, <laughs> all right. Are you from Purdue? <clears throat> well, we're in Indiana. Yeah, boiler up, yeah, boiler up. Go. That's right. <laughs> well, I was born in Crown Point, Indiana. I oh, used a you're okay. a, you're okay. a Hoosier. She's a Hoosier. Yeah. I'm what from Fort Wayne, and Amy's from right. originally Illinois. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a. I'm not a. But where, where I'm, you are now. Uh, Peoria, Illinois. Well, my mom and dad went to Illinois, so we're uh, good. Oh, we're that's good. all right. Well, it's I've lived in Indiana connect. more than half my life, so I count myself as a Hoosier. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I, I left Indiana. Indiana yeah. wants me. Lord knows, I can't go back to <laughs> <laughs> Um But I was glad, happy to be from Crown Point, Indiana. Yeah. But the book is uh, what dogs want. So what I did was I took a hundred things that dogs do say in posture, 
and we explain what they're doing, what you can do in response, mm. and when you should maybe be concerned uh, and get to the vet. So when the, the dog cocks his ear or yawns or, uh, you know, puts his head over the back of another dog at a dog park, what's going on there? Mm. So it's, it's sort of my best communication book I've ever written. Excellent. Cool. Well, that's good. That's something that we'll pull in and we'll look forward yeah, to your other great... books. Um, uh, one last question, because I've always got one more last question. <laughs> so this might not be the last question, just so you know, Art. Don't, don't, don't think you're done. Um, uh, allergies. Uh, it was interesting that we had interviewed a gentleman that had written a book on allergies. Um, he's, a, he's a pharmacist. The other, I think it was a gal. Human allergies. Hu- human allergies, right. Yeah. But uh, dogs and cats were in there. Yeah. And one of the things that was brought up, he, he says, you know, until the last you know, 50, 60, 70 years, frequently dogs and cats were outside animals and now most of the time they're inside animals and he had some things to be able to help the human allergies to cats and dogs and um, not that that's pet safety but it is um, human safety with pets um, do you have any recommendations <laughs> on allergies for animals the, them causing allergies or Bo- them having allergies? both oh <laughs> what do you think I'm of that a, one i'm not a dermatologist or all but it depends on what breed you have is the, the level of them. Uh, it's actually the saliva. There's an FLE1 protein that's in uh, pets that triggers some allergic, allergic reactions in people. So long-haired cats and dogs uh, that shed might be causing more allergic responses in their people. That's why, uh, you know, you got to brush this way. I mean, seriously... Grooming regularly helps uh, keep the coat healthy and get all the natural oils in it, and uh, I would recommend that. As far as dogs or cats who have allergies, that's where you have to be a pet detective with your veterinarian because just like in humans, it could be caused by a food. It could be caused. Some poor dogs are allergic to grass. That that's a bummer. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, and so. You really got to know if it's an environmental allergen or if it's uh, something that's something in the diet, and then you have to go with novel do- uh, proteins until you kind of figure out, oh, they're allergic to lamb. We can't give them lamb anymore. It's a long process, um, but uh, I do feel I, I have uh, I, I recently got married and inherited a, a furry Brady Bunch, so <laughs> I have a cat who has allergies named Mikey. So you go and say, hey, Mikey, how you doing? And they're like, great. (laughs) (laughs) But he's not allergic to food. He's just allergic to grass and some things in the environment uh, here in the wonderful state of Texas. And so, um, you know, we work closely with our veterinarian and giving them some medications to temper that. But it's a long haul. When you have a pet that has allergies or you have allergies, um, it's a long haul, and I even know some veterinarians who are allergic to dogs and cats and still practice. They take their allergy shots. That's <laughs> wow. Medication. I believe that. Yeah. You get to do what you love. See, I knew you'd right. have an answer to that. I knew you would because <laughs> you are tied well, in. I'm tied in, yeah. <laughs> Nice. Well, Arden, thank you so much. Um, 30 minutes always goes way too, too quickly, but I we pray that you'll be able to get us some books, and we'll have Christina reach out with information. But let me let me tell you, just a great insight, great information. Uh, love your excitement, and I love how you're 
taking on um, an area that's been unmet and you're meeting it and leading it. And it's, it's something to be commended for. Well, thank you, Dr. Sean. And Amy, it was yeah. a pleasure speaking to you as well. Absolutely. Thanks okay. for your time and the puns. Yes. We're, gonna, we're writing <laughs> them all down. I'm totally going to find stuff. your podcast. All right. <laughs> awesome. All right. Thank you. Have a great day, guys. Thanks. You, you too. Also. Thanks. Amy Baker, Dr. Sean Benzinger. Humarian Health Podcast. Spilling our guts. For the well-being of yours. That's right. Thanks for having the guts to listen to the Humarian Health Podcast. Make sure you follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Humarian Health. If you have things you'd like to gut check, send us an email at gutcheck at humarian.com. 